Hello everyone, my name is Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this, it's because you want to hear our uncensored, unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies. I don't, I don't know why I'm wearing a red hat because they're fucking terrible right now. Ryan, why are you wearing the hat that you're wearing? It is a Marty McFly Back to the Future hat. So Back to the Future 2 hat. Back to the Future 2 hat. So I figured it'd be fitting. You know, Movie Nights, we talk about movies. Yeah. Back to the Future 2 is a movie. It is, and I think it goes very well with your purple shirt that you got on. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, we got to get right into the topics today because there is a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to try and stay on time, but we might go a little bit over. But without further ado, let's get right into the box office. Are you ready for the box office, Mr. Warner? Let's do it. Go ahead and take a gander as to what came in number one at the box office. Well, Shazam and Dumbo... Dumbo opened this weekend, right? Two weeks ago? No, two weeks ago. Okay, well, Shazam opened this week. Yes. So I'm going to say that came in first place. Um, I know early tracking, or trackings this weekend said it'd come in about $50 million, so I'm going to say like $50, $51 million. Okay, it came in at $53 million. You were close. Yeah. About $53.5 million. Number two was Pet Cemetery, which also opened this weekend. That's right. That was the other one that opened. Yeah, coming in at $24 million, which isn't a bad little opening for a little decent low-budgeted yeah. low horror movie. Coming in at third was Dumbo, taking a 60% drop, coming in at $18 million, which, wow. which is just slightly more than average. Yeah. But still, uh, with its poor opening weekend... That and it's, it's not, oh, yeah, sorry, because you were talking about the budget last yeah, weekend. Yeah, and it, it's not really looking that good for Dumbo. Yeah. Um, Us came in at number four, still sticking in the top five, and we talked about how... It could have legs. Have what legs. was the percent drop? Uh, from last week, it dropped 58%. Okay. And coming in at number five was Captain Marvel sticking around in the top five, and it officially crossed a billion dollars. We can finally say it will. It finally crossed a billion dollars worldwide. Good. Well-deserved. Yes, very well-deserved. And uh, do you have any shocks or anything to talk about regarding the top five box office no honestly i'm not shocked i mean that sounds about right um i am surprised dumbo came in third though Mm -hmm. especially since it's not getting the greatest reviews and you know we both saw it and we have our own opinions about it um but honestly kind of surprised that took third over like us or captain marvel but not not surprised at all by the top five our quick very quick thoughts on dumbo very disappointing, not horrible, but not very good either. Elephant say? was cute. Elephant was cute. All right, now let's get into our next story. As I said, we have many, many stories to cover today. This is sort of an interesting thing that came out. It's a little, almost a little battle between Variety and Hollywood Reporter. Okay. Um, Variety reported um, almost a week ago that the Department of Justice has warned the Academy about Netflix. And since, you know, it's rumored that Steven Spielberg is going to try and block... Netflix movies from being Oscar attenders. Uh, basically, the DOJ sent a letter to Variety saying that they could be breaking some antitrust laws if that was the case. Part of the letter, the whole letter is not coming up, so part of the letter that the Academy received from the DOJ reads as follows. In the event that the Academy, an association that includes multiple competitors in its memberships, establishes certain eligibility, Jesus, requirements for the Oscars that eliminate competition without pre-competitive justification, such conduct may raise antitrust concerns. Then they go on to explain what they mean. Mm -hmm. Now, funny enough, Variety reports that. It was an interesting story. You know, it gets a lot of coverage that, you know, oh my gosh, we didn't even think about maybe antitrust laws being possibly broken uh, over this whole spiel, and Variety reported it. Well, Hollywood Reporter came out and was like, guys... Uh, what the fuck? 
This is the Hollywood Reporter's headline. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Hollywood Reporter's headline regarding the whole variety situation goes as follows. Hollywood Reporter's headline. Justice Department backs Netflix and Oscars views. Oscars feud. But is there really an antitrust issue in the first place? And then the Hollywood Reporter pretty much goes on to say, The DOJ suggests collusion by Netflix competitors in the way of eligibility is determined for the Academy Awards. Does the government understand Hollywood? So the whole article is kind of a rip piece on the DOJ saying, I don't think they understand how it works and that, you know, Netflix wasn't breaking any rules and they're not talking about them getting it out just because it wasn't breaking any rules. They're talking about maybe changing the rules and that's sort of the whole argument. And Hollywood Reporter pretty much just does a piece like, all right, cool story, but I don't think the DOJ understands how the how it actually works and I don't think any antitrust laws are being broken here. Yeah. So I, I thought that was just odd that that whole feud would kind of go back and forth. Uh, I mean, I understand Variety reporting it, but then, you know, Hollywood Reporter coming in and being like, why'd you even report that? That's not even, like, why? That's not news. Like, like what's the, the, well, it's news, but they're like, but does the government even understand what's going on here? Yeah. Like, like what, what's going on with them? Because, you know, there, there's still arguments going on, and even if antitrust laws are even remotely being, you know, crossed or prohibited. And basically, uh, the DOJ suggesting one thing but the actual change suggests another thing, and that's where I think this whole mix-up comes into play. What are your thoughts on this whole shebang? Um, I mean, the way I see it is you have this organization that has a set of rules. One contender, Netflix, abides by the rules at the bare minimum, and then the organization talks about changing rules. You have the government stepping in and wanting to you know, dip their toe into it and be like, no, 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 this is like violating some laws as Variety was reporting it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I don't know. I think the government shouldn't be involved at all unless it truly does break some laws, but they're just changing the rules and making it a little bit harder to be nominated for Oscars, Mm -hmm. which is what Steven Spielberg originally wanted. Yeah. I think just let them do that. Mm Mm-hmm. And then if it truly does violate laws, then the government should step in. It shouldn't just jump the gun on it. I mean, that's just what I think about it. Yeah, and and I think that they don't realize that, like, look, they're not preventing them from making movies or making money. They're just, you know... Making it a little bit harder. And they're they're just trying to explain that, hey, it's kind of a television format, and they're kind of just going through the logistics of that. Yeah. I think that the government's just jumping the gun on it. I think they just need to... Honestly, you know what it feels like? It feels like... (laughs) This is, I'm obviously mostly kidding, but it feels like there's a government employee that just really likes Netflix, and they're just like, no, I want my Netflix movies to win Oscars. Man, fuck the Academy, and just start sending them threats of antitrust laws. They must have been really it, upset it, it whenever Greenbook won over Roma. Yeah, right? Jesus. That's odd. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next story. Yeah. This also comes out of The Hollywood Reporter. Do you like David Harbour? I think he's fantastic. I think he's great, too. Well, it is being reported that he is joining Scarlett Johansson in the Black Widow film that has yet to be greenlit, but it has literally been casted, has a writer, pretty sure it has a director now. It's supposed now. to start shooting like next month or sometime yeah, in the summer, right? Yeah, so it pretty, much, it pretty much is greenlit, but like not officially greenlit. I think they're going to announce it as soon as Far From Home comes out, because that's when I said that's when they're going to announce new movies and stuff. Sure. But uh, yeah, this Black Widow movie is happening, and uh, David Harper's joining the cast. Nick, I talked to Nick about it. Nick really wants him to be Taskmaster. He just wants Taskmaster in a Marvel movie so bad. Yeah. And I mean, that's a possibility, but I mean, that's just a thousand percent speculation. But uh, I think he's a great actor, and I think it's never a bad idea to add talent. What are your thoughts on him joining the cast of the Black Widow film? The only thing that comes to mind that I've seen him in is Stranger Things, but I absolutely love his character in it. I'm very excited to see Hellboy, because that comes out this month. So... I want to see him in a comic book movie f- 
first, or at least a, a comic book uh, source-based material before I see him in Black Widow, I have zero doubt in my mind that he'll do great in it, you know, if it's true. I think that, you know, what Marvel's doing is going to be great, and they're just adding stupid talent to their Marvel machine, and it's going to be a lot of fun seeing who they bring in and what they do. And even if he does, if, even if David Harbour does play taskmaster taskmaster, like Nick wants him to, I think that'll be fantastic. You know, he's taskmaster is such a fun character in the comics mm-hmm. that if they do bring him to life in the MCU, it'll just, it'll be so much fun, you know, him against black widow. So I'd, I'd love to see it, but I, w- I want to see him in Hellboy first, but I think both movies are going to look good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I think he's going to be a great addition to the cast. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and moving on. Out of a report from Variety, do you know who Pete Davidson is? Comedian. Yeah, comedian on SNL, right? Yeah. Well, Judd Apatow and him are collaborating to make a semi-autobiographical movie about his life, not like 100%, but like pretty much based on his life, starring himself. Well, guess who just joined the cast of that movie? A biopic, or not a um, about Pete Davidson? Yeah. So, like a sort of, you know, like how 8 Mile is basically Eminem's life, but it he wasn't called Eminem in the movie, you know? Yeah, okay. It's kind of like that. But okay. guess who just joined the cast and will be in the movie with him? Who? Bill Burr. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. One of the best comedians of all time has joined the cast, who also voices and is a co-creator of the show Epis for Family. Um, he has joined the cast of this comedy, and I think it's going to be a great move if you add Bill Burr to anything. Um, and I wonder if he's going to be cast as someone who was like was actually in Pete Davidson's life, or if it's going to just going to be some role that he's there. Like the extent of his role isn't really known. Yeah, in the report. So basically, I'm excited about this because I love Bill Burr and everything. Especially he was on break a couple episodes of Breaking Bad, and he was actually really good in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just curious as to your thoughts on Bill Burr joining this Judd Apatow Pete Davidson movie. Yeah, no, I think Bill Burr is hilarious. Um, I think. Pete Davidson's on and off for me at least, but uh, I'm curious to, to know what his role is going to be. Um, I, I didn't even know that this movie was even happening, so I'm very curious to see how it's going to turn out. I don't know much about Pete Davidson's life, if it's movie worthy in my opinion, but I mean, if someone has a passion for it, then I'll watch it. Yeah, no, no. I like I said, add a billboard to anything. I'm I'm there. I'm gonna go see it. And yeah, you know, I'm I'm sure Pete Davidson, if they're making a movie out of it, it's got to have a pretty interesting life. So I'm really really curious to see what what goes on. Yeah, for sure. What's next? This is coming from the Rap, an exclusive report from the Rap. We've talked about James Gunn's The Suicide Squad multiple times, multiple times, and you know, news comes out about that pretty much every single day. Well, you can add two more stories to this. We're gonna cover the first one right now. Viola Davis is set to return as Amanda Waller. Which I am actually very, very happy to hear. I thought she was one of the driving forces of the first movie. I thought she was one of the only, one of the few great things about that film. She was raw, she was intense, and she was just like the comic book character was. And I'm really excited that James Gunn has found a place for her character in his movie. And I'm especially glad that she's coming back to do it. Because I love the character, I love the actress, and with a writer and director like James Gunn, hopefully they can take that character and actress and do something really special with it. What are your thoughts on her returning? Rebooting. Yeah, yeah, right? Rebooting. No, yeah. but I think it's going to be awesome that she's returning. I thought she was absolutely terrifying. <clears throat> she was definitely the most terrifying 
in that movie. Yeah, and that, and that a movie, movie had full Killer of Croc in it, and she yeah, was more terrifying. A movie full of antagonists, and mm-hmm. she was the most terrifying thing about it. I agree. I think that's uh, that speaks volume about not only her performance but that character as well. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a, it's it's gonna be even more terrifying. I think watching her in a James Gunn movie. Yeah. And I'm glad that he did find space, you know, in his mm-hmm. world for that character. Now, not only that character, but that actress as well. Cause she was, she was fantastic. Yeah, in she's Suicide great. Squad. She's great in everything, dude. She's yeah. such a powerhouse actress. Speaking of the suicide squad, variety is reporting that, uh, remember a few weeks ago when we talked about how Idris Elba is replacing Will Smith as Deadshot in the suicide squad movie. Yeah. And variety even reported that. I believe it was then might've been Hollywood reporter, but I'm pretty sure it was variety. Well, now they come out with a new report saying, hold up, Idris Elba is in the Suicide Squad movie, but Warner Brothers has decided to cut the character of Deadshot from the film and make Idris Elba play a completely new character instead. Thank God. (laughs) God, let Will Smith's Deadshot be his own thing. You don't have to replace him. Like, I thought it was fine for what it was. Yeah, and and there's there's a lot of speculation that's been going on, and I I sort of want to, because I don't think any of this has been confirmed, but something that I want to bring up is, I think they're slowly moving away from the idea of this being a reboot and more of it taking place in the DCEU. Okay. Which, you know, Warner Brothers right now, they're just making things that they think will be successful. They don't care if it has to be part of the universe. If it's not, they're just making things that they think will work. Mm-hmm. And I think they took a look at the numbers. Suicide Squad overperformed, made over $700 million at the worldwide box office. And they were like, why would we take something that successful and not capitalize on the world that it takes place in? Yeah. At least, I mean, that's speculation. That, that's what I think is going on. And I think James Gunn is game. I think he just wants to make a great film. And, you know, they also have a pretty good relationship with Will Smith, and they don't want to, you know... You know, since since you can't come back, now you're never coming back. You know, and I think they just want to leave his character open to still come back maybe one day. Sure. And um, this news is actually, I mean, it was surprising, but, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm glad that Idris Elba's still in the movie. And I'm very curious as to what character he's going to play. Because, you know, James Gunn's going to pull some random-ass comic character that we've never heard of and make him our favorite. A talking tree that says, I am Groot, in that order. Yeah, and uh, I'm, 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 I'm glad that he's still in the movie. Yeah. But, you know... I, but I, I think, I personally think that making this choice solidifies and bringing back Amanda Waller, bringing back Jai Courtney and Margot Robbie, I think that solidifies the fact that this is looking less like a reboot than they originally intended. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Idris Elba playing a completely new character and them cutting Deadshot from the story? I would, I, I support that way more than him replacing Will Smith's Deadshot. Uh, like I said before, I think Will Smith's Deadshot was just all right for me, but at least with that character just open, it kind of leaves room for Will Smith to come back just in case he does have free space in his shooting schedule. That way he can come back and play Deadshot and reprise mm-hmm. his role. Yeah. I am very curious to see what character Aegis Elba is going to play now, but with everyone else returning, it, it definitely sounds like it's going to take place in this current DCEU. I mean, they're two for two right now. Uh, Aquaman and Shazam yeah. both hits they knocked it out of the park and critically well received exactly yeah and it'll just be i mean we'll we'll obviously know more when the movie comes out i mean i i don't want to say more about it just because i feel like it changes week by week yeah i agree so it's kind of hard to talk about it Mm -hmm. and have like true feelings about this movie because next week there's gonna be a whole new story i'm sure yeah yeah but, uh, but like I said, I am glad that Idris Elba is still a part of it. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Moving on to our next story, coming from The Hollywood Reporter. We talked either last week or the week before that Angelina Jolie was in talks to be in the Marvel Eternals film. Yes. Well, now someone else is in final talks to join her, Camille Nanjiani. 
the comedian, is in talks to also join Marvel's Eternals. I'm unfamiliar. Really? You don't know Camille Nanjiani? I'm sure if I saw their face. Yeah, no, I- I'm sure you know who he is. He- he's also in the new Jordan Peele Twilight Zone series in that comedian episode. The Indian actor. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Really funny guy. Okay. Why I can't pull... He was in The Big Sick, that movie, and he mm-hmm. was in... Uh, what TV... I'm, I'm, I, I, I mean, I haven't seen him in anything, but I, I know exactly he was in a TV who you're show, talking about. It's, it's leaving me what TV show he was in. But yeah, he's a phenomenal actor, great comedian, and he's also in talks to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And be in the Eternals film, which I think I'm excited about. He's also proven to be a great filmmaker along with, or at least, you know, behind the scenes writing along with Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you think about him joining the cast? And do you think that they were going to have... It's going to be an interesting dynamic to see Angelina and him on screen. Yeah. I assume they're going to share scenes together. Uh, what is your thoughts on him joining the cast? And what are your thoughts on seeing their potential dynamic on screen? It'll be strange watching their dynamic because, like, like I said, I'm not familiar with him or his work. But I do, I do know the name and face now that you say that. But having a comedian and more of a serious actress on screen together will be strange i mean it's worked before in previous movies that aren't marvel movies and you know we're 22 movies 23 movies now into the mcu and they're gonna do nothing but good i mean it's just a marvel machine like we talked about before so i have full faith in what they're doing and their decisions what kevin feige wants to do his direction with it and i mean i I have full faith in it so i'm i'm very curious to know though who else they're going to get for this movie because right now they just have two, correct? Just Angelina Jolie and now this comedian? I believe so, yes. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see who else they pull in for this. You know, if they get any other big names or, you know, who who they go for because, like you said, they have a comedian and now a more uh, straight and narrow actress. So mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be fun to see who else they pull into this, into this mix. I agree. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next story. Yeah. This one is coming out of The Hollywood Reporter again. Christopher Nolan's new film, which we've talked about a, f- a few times. Yes. He has hired a new editor, the editor of Hereditary, a movie which we both love. Not Bohemian Rhapsody? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh, he hired I had the, to pull that one. I'm sorry, man. It's okay. Hi- hired the editor of Hereditary. Jennifer Lame is her name. Okay. And uh, it's crazy, not only that he has, you know, he has the editor of Hereditary, which is a great film, but this is the first time, his, his usual editor's name is Lee Smith. This is the first time him and Lee Smith have separated... Since Batman Begins. Wow. He has edited every film of Christopher Nolan since Batman Begins. The reason he, he isn't coming back, there's no bad blood. It's just that he's currently editing the new Sam Mendes movie, 1917. Mm, okay. And there's conflicts with the schedule, I take it, and he can't come back to start editing on this film. So he has hired Jennifer Lane from Hereditary. And obviously she's a talented editor because Hereditary was great. And I n- you've never noticed anything wrong editorially with that movie, which is the best sign that an editor did their job. And, you know, Christopher Nolan's one of the best in the business working right now. And if he see, and he has a great eye for creativity, a great eye for everything. And if he sees her as the right choice, I'm 100% ready to, you know, see this movie even more than I was before. Yeah. Me being such a big fan of Hereditary. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jennifer Lane joining the Chris, new Christopher Nolan movie as the editor? I mean, normally, if someone, if two people have worked together on multiple projects for years, and then all of a sudden get someone new like an editor like someone who literally puts the movie together normally i'd say i'd be a little hesitant and worried but because of it's christopher nolan and i'll tell you why i'm okay with it because he is very hands-on with everything he does he Mm -hmm. doesn't have any assistant directors filming other scenes like he is hands-on with everything like Mm -hmm. even the heath ledger things like he didn't 
want to have Heath Ledger direct those Joker videos, but Heath, I mean that's Heath, own... Heath Ledger did direct those. Well, I know, but at mm-hmm. the beginning, like he was yeah. very hesitant about mm-hmm. it. But because he's so hands on, he's just going to be in that editor's room with her, making sure that his vision gets put onto what she's doing. Mm-hmm. So and, I, I think and, it's and, he, and he's also someone who casts people that he just trusts exactly. And you know, one of my favorite things about him recently was when he was casting Dunkirk. He had no idea who Harry Styles was. Mm-hmm. He just lo- really liked his audition, thought he was the best, and casted him. And then he wasn't until family members told him like, "Oh my God, Harry Styles!" And he was like, "Oh." But okay. like he's just casted him because he thought he was good for the role, and yeah. he was great in that movie. So clearly, he's just you know going out and getting the best people. And like I've said many times, it's never a bad idea to add talent. And he's added someone who's clearly very talented. So yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to see very what excited. happens with this. Film. Although now that they added a, added an editor to the movie, I wonder how far along they are. Yeah, I mean that usually I don't know. It just depends. I mean I would love to just get a random notification one day that they've started filming. But yeah. I I don't know. We'll we'll see. All right, we're going to move on to our last story before we get into some movie reviews that we saw. Sure. Um, this one kind of makes me sad a little bit. This one kind of makes me sad a little bit. Uh, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell are some of my favorite collaborators when it comes to Hollywood. They make comedy gold every time they work together. Well, they've decided to go their separate ways creatively. I don't think they're going to be producing anything from their production company, and they're going to not work with each other in the world of film. Now, they both want to clarify in the statement that they're still best friends and they're still like really big fans of each other and going to support each other, but they're going to stop working together for now, which makes me sad because they originally had a movie planned coming out that Adam McKay was going to direct about Will Ferrell and John C. Riley playing border patrol agents. And I thought that was going to be really funny, but you know, hearing this news obviously makes me very sad, but you know, um, clearly they both just want to do different things in their careers. Adam McKay sort of direct more Oscar films recently. And I'm, you know, Will Ferrell, I don't know what career direction his career is going to go in, but clearly they just, want to go different ways and I'm glad that they still respect each other but it's still sad that we're not going to get a collaboration with those two anytime in the near future at least so just what are your thoughts on them going a separate ways creatively I mean I mean everyone's paths kind of have to go at go different ways at different points in their lives I mean I think that they've put out nothing but hits whenever they work together every single one of their movies is hilarious although I did read or heard somewhere that every movie, because they own a production company together, yeah. mm-hmm. like they're partners yeah, on it. I think it's Gary Sanchez Productions. Or yeah, something? yeah. I either heard or read somewhere that every movie they have in production, they will see through all the way to the oh, end. Really? Yeah, so they're not they're not going to bring on any new projects, but they definitely will produce the rest of the films that are in process right now. I, get, I, I hope that that Border Patrol one's still in process because that, yeah. that I really wanted to see that movie. I mean, how far along was it? Was it just like an I, idea? I think it was just or? pre-production. Oh, so they're yeah. pro- if it's pre-production, then they're going to see that through. Yeah. It's just they're not going to bring on any new gotcha. projects, okay. which is understandable because, I mean, if you're trying to part ways, why mm-hmm. bring on new stuff? Yeah, just yeah. finish what you have. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that might be their last movie together. Like Damn. I said, I either I, heard I hope or it gets made. Somewhere. I really, really hope that it gets made. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll, obviously, we'll have to tell with time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in a few weeks or a few months, whenever it gets in, if it's still happening when it gets mm-hmm. into production, we'll obviously hear about it then. But, I mean, that's just what I heard. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So, we only have a few minutes left. We're going to try and finish on time. And there's one more thing I want to talk about, but there's also some movies that we saw that we yeah. want to talk about. Okay. All right. We're going to do quick reviews for Shazam and Pet Cemetery. Go. Thoughts on Shazam. No spoilers. I... Honestly, thought that was like an all-around perfect movie. I didn't have any problems with it other than like a few visual things. And in my opinion, if you have a few visual problems in your movie, then 
your movie was fantastic. Your characters were great. Your story was great. Everything about it was great. I would have to rank that in one of my top comic book movies of all time. I think that that movie was gold. I think all the dynamics between all the actors were great. The characters were great. All the characters were well-written and the story was well. Uh, I also really love the film. I don't love it as much as you, but I also don't dislike it in any regard. Um, I I don't consider it a top comic book movie of all time. I think it's my third favorite DCU movie, maybe my second favorite, or just kind of flip-flops depending on the day that you ask me. Sure. But I do think it was a very good film. I thought Zachary Levi was incredible. I loved the dynamic between him and the child actors, and uh, I loved the direction by David F. Sandberg. I think that the movie was a little bit unfocused. Not as unfocused as, say, Aquaman, but I think it was a little unfocused in you know the different directions that the story were going, even though it filled with several great moments. And um, I really, really liked the movie. I'm going to give it an A-, minus, like grading my movies. I'm going to give it an A-. minus. And uh, I think um, I'm really glad that I saw it. I might even go see it again. But uh, I don't see it as quite the high regard as you. But I do think it's a wonderful film that everyone should go see. And I thought that there were a lot of horror elements in it there as were. well. And, and they worked. Really, and they worked. yeah. Yes. It was fantastic the way David F. Sandberg was able to play that because he directed Lights Out before. He, he's a mm-hmm. he's a horror director. Yeah. So him adding those horror elements into a superhero movie, I thought yes. were fantastic. Taking a page from James Wan and Aquaman as well. Yep. Um, all right. Quick thoughts on <coughs> Pet Cemetery. I also really loved this movie. Um, there was similar to Evil Dead. I'll compare it to Evil Dead in the sense that when you watch Evil Dead and this Pet Cemetery movie, you feel something lurking. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily see it, but you just you feel it lurking. You feel it watching the characters, how they interact through the whole movie, at least for the first two-thirds maybe even the whole movie you feel it lurking and that to me was absolutely terrifying it build it built the atmosphere and it was absolutely terrifying it was breathtaking i loved it cool uh i i really liked it um i don't think it's the best horror movie of the year but i i still think it's a good movie yeah but i do have some issues with it like um, while I think the idea of just having a build up to a bonkers, I mean bonkers third act, that's the best part of the film, having that build up lead to that moment was the right way to go. I think the execution of the build up was not as good as the execution of the actual event of the third act. Okay. And I think arguably the build up is more important than the actual event, especially when you're going a long time to, to get to that point. I think the filmmakers were a little bit slaved to, you know, explaining what the pet cemetery was and how it worked. But I think once it happened, the movie just picked right up. Um, I think all the performances were great. All the actors did a wonderful job. And um, I, I do like the atmosphere, like you said. And However, I just don't think it was as executed as good as it could have been. And there were some times where the pacing was a little bit like, okay, I understand yeah. what this is. Let's go. Let's go. And um, so just for those minor reasons, I'm going to give it a B. But I, I still I still really enjoyed the film. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, we have one more. We might get this in 30 minutes. We're going to go a little bit over for this. There's a Joker trailer that came out. Oh my god, yeah. This trailer was nuck and futz, and I loved every second of it. Joaquin Phoenix looks incredible as a character. He's, he's such a phenomenal actor. Todd Phillips is sort of an odd director for the project, but I am excited. I think that it looks visually great. I believe Scorsese's still producing it. I know he was originally. I don't know if he stayed on. But Robert De Niro's in the film as well. It's coming out in October. It looks incredible. I think it looks amazing. What are your thoughts on the trailer for Joker? I think one of the... Obviously, the most identifying trait to the Joker is the laugh. Mm-hmm. And each Joker, each person who portrays the Joker has to find their laugh yeah. 
Walking Phoenix found it. <laughs> it is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, he, he does a couple different laughs in the trailer. Yeah, but it is so good. And the fact that this movie looks like it's not just going to be a Joker movie, it is going to be about a guy who, through a series of events, is losing his sanity. Yeah. And just causes chaos happens to be the Joker. It's pretty much like Taxi Driver, but instead of Travis Buchel shaving his head, he puts on Joker makeup and starts killing people. Like, that. I think that that's pretty much what, what is happening. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited for this, and I think it's going to be a great film. And, uh, you know, I, I also think, I've said it before, but I think Joaquin Phoenix is the perfect choice for the role. I think that he's going to be do such a phenomenal job, and uh, I'm really, really curious to see what he does with it. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. Um, all right. Well, I think we did it, dude. 30 minutes. I think that's it. I think we did it. Dumbo? Just we talked about Dumbo. Oh, beginning. we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Elephant was cute. Everything else is kind of eh. Yeah, basically. Uh, but yeah, that, that's going to do it for today's episode. I can't believe we did that in half an hour. Dude, we killed it. We killed it, dude. High five. Consistently. <laughs> all right. Well, um, please follow us on social media, Facebook at Movie Nights, Twitter and Instagram at Nights underscore movie. Special thanks to the Podcast City Network for allowing us to be on their platform, and we are honored to be a part of it. And um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel down below. You'll see it somewhere. And if you're listening on SoundCloud and iTunes, we thank you. But we also encourage you to watch on YouTube. Um, is there anything else we want to plug before we go? Yeah, we put out weekly videos Monday through Friday. Yes. So check it out, 3 p.m. We try our best at 3 p.m. So far, yeah. we've been hitting it. We've been okay. Yeah. Um, and also, the movie of this week. What the is the movie of, of the week? This week is going to be Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange, which you can find on Netflix if you want to participate. Just send in your questions uh, by Wednesday night on the Movie Night social media, and we'll make you part of Friday's video. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward towards it. And also, there is one thing that we're going to plug, and we didn't plan this beforehand, but I just figured this would be a nice thing to do. Ryan, what's on your wrist? Oh. Uh, this is a Twitch streamer that I'm close with, so definitely give him a follow. It is twitch.tv slash greendragon18. I've actually watched a few videos from him. He plays different video games. He's a lot of fun, so definitely check him out. Yeah, and just want to give him a little shout-out. Again, thank you everyone so much for watching, and we hope to see you soon.